Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Woke up this morning. Feel lonely on my bed. And I'm, I'm so alone here Feeling over sad Was a half moon, half an hour Fate Fate The dictionary says, fate is the development of events, beyond a person's control, regarded as determined by a supernatural power. Do you believe in fate? Or do you believe that you can disregard what fate has in store for you, and forge your own future? Josh Lamont knew what fate had in store for him, and he was determined to brush away his gloomy future and carve out his own destiny. Will fate win? Or will Josh win? Keep listening, as we tell you the tale of a very determined man, and his battle with a mountain of ill fate. Ill fate. Unfortunate happenings, perhaps dictated by a paranormal power. Josh Lamont was born in a tiny New Hampshire town bordering Massachusetts. His family's roots were in the old country, though they never really told him what old country they came from. It was clear that they had been in New Hampshire for a long time because they spoke with a heavy New England accent that was particularly evident in words like over there, over there, in some fancy California institution of higher learning, they might say over there, instead of using proper English and saying over there, or backyard, well, they might say backyard, backyard, instead of the correct pronunciation, which is, as everybody knows, backyard. Anyways, what they did tell him, based on reading tea leaves and dealing out elaborate layouts of playing cards, was that he was Cursed. Yeah. Loose tea. Loose tea. <laughs> when everybody else had tea bags, his parents, aunts, and uncles, and grandparents still had boxes of loose tea. After they drank the tea, they peered into the soggy remains at the bottom of the cup, and they made predictions, don't you know, predictions about everything from politics and weather to the results of the Red Sox games. Aya, 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 aya. Surprisingly, their prognostications often were spot on. Yeah, aya. They predicted the fearsome 1983 
1986 tornadoes that devastated southern New Hampshire, causing millions of dollars worth of damage and the loss of a number of lives. Yeah. Uh -huh. And due to their precautions, yeah, family suffered no injuries and their reinforced homes had little damage. They freely gave readings of leaves and cards to friends and family, but they would never tell young Josh about his future. In January of the year that he turned 10, he begged his grandmother to tell him his fortune. No, Josh, reading tea leaves ain't real. It is just something we do to make money. We can't really predict no fortunes. And anyways, why do you wanna know your future? It's better to just live your life as it comes, than to know what is gonna happen. Well, Josh got the same answer from his mother and father, as well as his aunts and uncles and even his grandfather. But not from his older brother Raymond, who was very fond of teasing Josh. Hey, uh, uh -huh. They won't tell you your future, Josh. And I'll tell you why. It's cause you ain't got a future. What do you mean, Raymond? Why don't I have a future? Because you're gonna die. I heard them talking about you in hushed tones. They say it's a shame that you're gonna die young. For mice. You're gonna fall through the ice at Kelleher's Pond and drown. And it's gonna happen this winter. No, it's not. It ain't gonna happen, Raymond. Because I'm never gonna go on Kelleher's Pond, no matter how thick the ice gets. Well, sir. All through the rest of the season, Josh steadfastly avoided the small pond, which back in the early 1900s served as an ice pond where blocks of ice one foot square were cut up in the wintertime and stored in ice houses for use in the warmer weather. Hey, uh, uh -huh. When walking to and from school, Josh had no choice but to walk by that gentle little pond that had suddenly become a scary lagoon in his mind. But he always did so by retreating to the opposite sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. But one day in early March, his older brother Raymond was not feeling well and he stayed home. So Josh walked to school by himself. The morning was sunny and unusually warm, but there was still ice on tiny Kelleher's pond. As he neared the spot where he usually crossed the street to be on t'other side of the water, he noticed a small puppy fell through the ice about 
15 feet offshore, struggling to get out of the water, the dog was feverishly pouring the ice. But its efforts only succeeded in making the hole bigger. Josh ran up to the shoreline, and ran up to the shoreline. He hesitated a moment. Then he tiptoed out onto the ice to try to rescue the dog. When he was within a foot of that tyrant puppy, he heard cracking noises. Cracking noises. And he quickly fell through the ice with his arms extended toward that poor little puppy. The desperate canine scrambled up Josh's arms and he scrambled to safety. After a moment of relief upon seeing that dog leap safely to show up, Josh remembered what his brother had told him. He was going to drown in Kelleher's pond that very day. Well, sir, as panic took a hold of him, his feet struck something. It was the bottom of the pond. Kelleher's pond was only four feet deep where he was. And he was four feet ten inches tall. Don't you know? Safe, safe, safe. He wasn't going to drown, though he might die of a cold if he did not get out of that water quickly. Stumping his feet and pushing towards the shoreline like an icebreaker, he made it to land in less than a minute. Spending the rest of the day in bed in the room he shared with Raymond, his brother, Josh felt relieved that he had beaten the curse. He beat the curse. But later that night when they were listening to the radio before going to sleep, Raymond told him, and his parents and his grandparents had read the tea leaves again. And yep, they read them again. And the tea leaves said he was still going to die by ice. All that he had done was to postpone the inevitable. as it must do, moved on. And for a few years, life was uneventful for the boy. He grew into being a teenager without bother incident. His parents, along with other relatives, were enjoying great financial success, making lots of dollars by giving readings in the all-knowing tea house at the edge of town. But they still refused to give Josh any indication of his future. 
Now by this time his brother had discovered girls, so he had stopped teasing and bullying his younger brother. And so it was that Josh pretty much forgot about the grim prediction of his early death. He went to work in the paper mill. It was the biggest business in town. Hey, uh, after a lot of hard work, he became a supervisor and later a manager. He just kept moving up the ladder and he completely forgot about them grim predictions that his tea-reading relatives made for him. But that winter, when he went on a skiing trip with the company up to the White Mountains, fate tried to get him once again. He was skiing down Loon Mountain. Loon Mountain, hey yeah. But when he got to that big curb on the main trail, you probably know about it. It passes by Moose Run Lake. Well, sir, Josh didn't make the turn. He did not make the turn. He skied right on to the pond, breaking through a fence and coming to a stop. 75 feet away from the Showa. 75 feet away from safety. He heard crackling. He heard crackling of ice and he knew he was done for. Instantly, he plunged into that water that freezing cold, icy water numbed Josh's arms. He struggled to stay afloat, but he was losing ground fast, going down. When suddenly, out of nowhere, there was a splash right next to him. Somebody threw a rope at him, and at the end of that rope was a life preserver. A life preserver! Josh was rescued thanks to the owner of an ice boat, who just happened to be less than 200 feet away from the spot where Josh fell through a patch of thin ice. Josh was not harmed, though he got a bad cold from getting soaked in that icy water. But the incident had brought back all the old bad memories of the grim predictions about him dying by ice. So, as soon as he recovered from his cold, he went to his boss he went to his boss and he requested a transfer out of cold, icy New England to the company's factory down in West Palm Beach in tropical South Florida where there would be no ice for him to fall through. Indeed, in South Florida, the temperature in January is usually in the low to mid-80s. <laughs> yeah, low to mid-80s. As soon as 
He moved into his new seaside apartment. He knew he was safe. And he was going to love Florida. By now, Josh had become one of the most important executives of his company, which was involved in not only the manufacture and supply of building materials, but was also one of the top construction firms in the entire East Coast, with operations stretching more than 2,000 miles along Route 95 all the way from Madawaska at the top of the state of Maine to Miami Beach and the Keys at the beginning of the Caribbean Seas. About five months after his move to Florida, John was put in charge of the construction of a new seven-story office building near Lake Worth Beach, which is a small city next to West Palm Beach. Josh had a suspicion that some of the outside contractors for the job was using substandard materials. Shortly after dawn, shortly after dawn, on a Monday morning, he decided to make an unannounced visit to the job site to investigate his suspicions. But Josh never got to complete his investigation. But it looks like he was correct about the corruption on that job site because just as he was walking up to the main entrance, Part of the building's rooftop sign broke away from its moorings. Three letters of a giant six-letter sign separated from the other three letters. The giant metal letters plunged down towards the sidewalk. And landed on top of poor Josh. Josh. He never knew what hit him. Three letters fell from a rooftop sign from that building in the South Florida office park. The chunk of sign that crushed the life out of Josh Lamont were the last three letters of the word office. I see E. I see ice, ice, I see ice, falling ice, falling ice, ice, which successfully fulfilled the dreaded prediction of his tea-reading family. Woke up this morning Feeling lonely on my bed And I'm, I'm so lonely Feeling over sad Was a half moon, half an hour 
Wasn't half men in my bed Wasn't half men half an hour Fate, fate, my friends, fate Or perhaps we should call it predestination Can you beat it? Or has some scribe from an alternative universe already written your life story which you cannot change? Ah. I wonder. I wonder, if you wish to know your fate, or if you just want to wait, for it to happen. If you would like to learn your future, there is a quaint little tea shop on Main Street, in Bells Neck, New Hampshire at the foot of the White Mountains. Granny Lamont is still there. Drop in for toasted English muffins and tea. She makes each cup from loose tea, and at the bottom, scattered among the soggy remains, of the tea leaves, is your fate. Come in for some tea, and learn your fate at the same time. The tea is only a dollar a cup. The fortune will cost you far more. Come in, if you dare. You've been listening to Bill Russo's short story called Ill Fate, Can You Beat It? The tale was written by Bill, who also played the part of Asa Bittredge. The music used is by Lobo Loco. We feature the song, Half Man. It is from the album Candle For You, available without charge, on the free music archive. Check it out. That's all for now, this is Matt LeBook, saying thanks for joining us, and come back again real soon. Want you? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.